You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. How about Ed Ganey on Twitter? And I quote, Regina is so boring. <laughs> He's not wrong. No, I was going to say, hard to disagree. Like, I mean, Humpty's at 2 a.m. on Albert Street. Look out. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. It's Travis Curra, it's Brazilian Thai, and uh, I've got, and we've got a pretty cool announcement today, and I think this is really cool. Brazilian Thai, I think it's been talked about for a while, but it's all kind of come together really, really fast, and we're going to do something cool at the Grey Cup in Edmonton. Are we going to go to the game? <laughs> I plan on it. Do you? Uh, if I'm alive. <laughs> so if you, subru- you if you survive Grey Cup week in Edmonton, you'll be at the game. Hey, I get home the Saturday before Grey Cup. Let's just survive those four days before I leave for Edmonton. <laughs> oh, it's been a long time for you in Manitoba, but this is what we're going to do. We're having two and out. Live. Yes. Uh, I I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, One part of me is absolutely terrified. The other part of me is really, really excited. And we're going to make this happen at the CKUA building, downtown Edmonton. And if you look at the Edmonton map, if if you're from Edmonton, you'll know where it is. If you're not from Edmonton, it is right on Jasper Ave. It's across from the Shaw Conference Center. So it's right, it's actually right around the corner from the Westin, right around the corner from the Windspear where the CFL Awards are. The Westin is where the Spirit of Edmonton it is. It's right in the center of the Grey Cup action, two and out live, Thursday, November 22nd. It starts at 3.30 in the afternoon. We're going to keep you there for about an hour, then let you go and hit the town and enjoy Grey Cup. So our thinking there was, you know what? Uh, you you want to go have fun <laughs> at Grey Cup? We're not going to get in the way of your partying, but we're going to get together, celebrate podcasts, celebrate to and out, preview the Grey Cup game, uh, talk about the year that was, and just have a whole lot of fun. And we're actually going to raise some money as well. Tickets are 10 bucks. All in, you can get them at toandoutlive.eventbrite.ca, toandoutlive.eventbrite.ca, and proceeds from the event are going towards the CFL Fans Fight Cancer event happening Saturday uh, this year, and... Man, <laughs> it is just going to be uh, a fun, fun time, and we hope to see you there if you're in Edmonton for the Grey Cup. Brazilian Thai, <laughs> you seem more in disbelief in it than anything that the fact that this is happening. I just, I, I yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, 
we're like that indie band that like there's like a handful of people that like, and then once we make it bigger, he's like, oh, I liked them when when they weren't cool. I'm just afraid that's what that's what it's gonna be like. It's gonna be our first show. There's like four people. Does this and make we had us to pay cool? Three of them. We had to pay three of them to get there. <laughs> but but I have a feeling I won't be able to pay somebody to write my material this time, unlike or like I did for for the best man speech I did this summer. I can't believe you did that. And how good was it? Okay, you're right. It was good. Yeah, thank you. Did you rewrite it, though? Yeah, I rewrote like 90% of it. Oh. <laughs> so maybe I'm not as bad as I thought. <laughs> Two and out live, Thursday, November 22nd, CKUA in Edmonton. Doors at 3, show at 3.30. Proceeds to the CFL Fans Fight Cancer event. That's raising money for Wellspring Edmonton this year. We can't wait to see you there. Get your tickets for Two and Out Live now. Join 2 and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em. And show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. All right. First of all, before we get to the games, I do want to say that I was on the front page of cfl.ca this week. Yeah, after I told you not to go to Calgary. Well, it looks like I was completely wrong. <laughs> Oh, man, that, that was pretty what, cool. They, what, which has been a recurring theme this season. Yeah, Brazilian ties, you're wrong more often than not. Yeah, yeah I'm okay. It, it's, that's par for the course, really. Actually, what is your uh, what is your record on Pick'em this year? It's not good because I keep forgetting. Remember when you were in, like, top five in the country? That That was, like, 2015. That doesn't even count. That was... That was that was a young Brazilian tie. That was pre-wax. It actually was pre-wax. Did that ruin you? It might have. Might have took all my mojo. So I'm fifth in the two and out group, and I'm going down, down. You're 29th. You're losing to Joe Balineski. Yeah, it's been a long, hard fall from grace. Uh, if I lose to Joe, I may just not play next year. Oh, you do two podcasts a week. How do you forget to put your picks in? Because I work 13-hour days. <laughs> and I have really bad service out here. And then I, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember. I got to take John White out of my lineup. Look at the clock. Kickoff was two minutes ago. Oh. Oh, right on. <laughs> Brutal. So, yeah, I was on the front page of CFL.ca because uh, I went to the Stamps game, uh, Stamps Riders game with my dad, uh, and they were getting pictures from fans that went to games and put them on the website. It was pretty cool. I think my dad, he thought that was pretty cool, too. I sent him the picture of the website. Uh, he was loving it. So, uh, speaking of the Stamps, they're on a two-game losing streak. They're 12-4, and four, first in the West, as they head to Calgary. I mean, they head to Winnipeg, who are three-and-a-half-point favorites. In this game, uh, they're nine and seven on the season, and the Bombers are third in the West. They can clinch a playoff spot with a win or a tie in this one. They've won their last four. They're coming off a bye week, but Calgary can clinch home or first place with uh, a win or a tie in this one. They already have home field here, so let's start with the Stampeders. It looks like Trey Robbins, Ro Roberson sorry, could be missing this game. Deshaun Amos was taking all the reps at his spot in practice. Roberson 
great rookie, been starting most of the season, but uh, that's a tough loss if uh, he's not able to go in this one. Yeah, it's a, it's a big loss for the Stamps. Uh, you know, to to be to be missing out on the reps uh, leads me to believe that you know he's probably not going to be playing. Uh, you know, not, nothing definitive yet, but if he's not getting the reps, some, and he's not at practice, something something serious could be afoot. And it's the understatement of the decade if I told you that the Stampeders are banged up <laughs> heading into this game. Michelle's gone. Uh, Durant took a big hit late from Mike Adam in the game last week. I mm-hmm. guess he's okay. Jameer Thurman has been missing reps in practice here and there. Seems kind of maintenance because he's banged up. There were rumors that Micah Johnson was banged up as well. <laughs> like, they are, they're kind of limping into Winnipeg a little bit here. Do you like any of the Stampeders in your fantasy lineup? Um, you know, it, it's really hard not to take a look at Eric Rogers or Don Jackson. It is. Uh, and even, you know, Bo is not that expensive for, you know, the chance like at 9,088. I mean, if he gets you 20 points, that's really, I mean, that's, that's right where you want to be. It's not that bad. Uh, but just against this defense, uh, that Winnipeg has, I, I'm, I'm not taking any this week. But I wouldn't fault anybody for taking Rodgers or Jackson. Rodgers last week had four catches for 74 yards. Markeith Ambles actually had a nice game against mm-hmm. the Riders. Eight catches for 84 yards and a touchdown. So it seems like he is gaining some chemistry with Bo Levi Mitchell. But the rest of the receivers, they basically only had one catch against the Riders mm-hmm. last week. And the Bomber defense, they're a little bit different they kind of just fly all over the place and force turnovers. I mean, the Riders get turnovers as well, but I don't think it's at the rate that the Bombers do. Like, no, it's, it, they're putting up video game numbers. But they have for three really? years. Everybody keeps waiting. Like, when's this going to end? And it doesn't. Mark my words. It will end at it, some point. It will at some point. I'm not saying this week. I'm just saying at some point. I mean, regression to the mean. It has to happen, right? Yeah, it could happen in 2024, but it will <laughs> yeah, happen. I mean, I, this is, I've said it basically every every Thursday podcast we've put out has been, at some point, this is going to stop. So <laughs> at some point, I'm going to be right. <laughs> Maybe not this week. And if, if they make it to the Grey Cup, you better believe I'm saying it again. <laughs> Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell in his career does average 19.8 points against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. It is worth mentioning that he has not lost in that stadium. And the last time that the Stamps lost in Winnipeg was 2009. So what the Stamps need is Grey Cup to be in Winnipeg and them to make it. (laughs) Yeah, because apparently they play well in Winnipeg. And you know what? I, I know that the stadium... Is not that old, but they have mm-hmm. not lost at it yet, and uh, <laughs> they, they just seem to do well when they go there. So maybe that changes a lot of opinions um, heading into this game. As far as Winnipeg goes, Mo Leggett returned to practice and ended up getting carted off. And I, I, I feel for the guy; he is a great player. He's so dynamic. He can return. He, he does all kinds of things 
for that Winnipeg defense, but this year has become kind of a lost season for mm-hmm. him, and it's it's sad. Yeah, like you know, he does so much uh, for that defense, and even on returns, uh, you know, really really dynamic returner for their special teams. Uh, I read somewhere I, I can't remember who it was on Twitter. It was one of the beat reporters or or somebody that worked f- close enough to the team that it it was ugly, and I think I remember seeing that he's done for the year. So that's a huge. I, I know that he hasn't been around a whole ton, and he hasn't been healthy for a while. Uh, but it, it's still it, it's kind of deflating to a defense, especially coming off a buy. They kind of got a buy the wrong time. Uh, you know they were getting hot. This this team, I, I mean, with their winning streak, kind of they get the days off at the wrong time. Uh, you know if you're coming on a losing streak, it's kind of nice to get that, but you want to keep going. So it's just it's just kind of a blow coming off a bye week for them. I'm really interested to see how the Bombers react off of that bye week because a lot of times that bye is a blessing or it's a curse, mm. and winning four in a row. You almost don't want that no. bye week to come and halt that momentum. No, yeah, everything's working. You know, everybody's in a groove. You start doing the same stuff every day. Uh, you know, you have your rituals or your your little superstitions. And I know when I when I played ball and hockey, I, I if we were on a winning streak, I did the same thing. You know, ate the same thing on game day and did all that stuff. And it just kind of throws a wrench into everything. Uh, that, but the way they the, the way they were playing coming in. Uh, if if they keep that up, if practice has been intense enough, and and Mike O'Shea is able to to kind of uh, dial them in, then it shouldn't be a problem. I mean, these guys are professional athletes, but it still uh, messes with a little bit of your pregame stuff and and your preparation, just because you had that extra time. So if we just look earlier in the season for the Bombers, uh, back in August they came off the bye and beat Hamilton twenty nine twenty three. And then in September, they came off the bye and beat Montreal 31-14. So, but in the last, you know, three or four weeks, they had a 30-3 to win over Edmonton and a 31 nothing win over Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, and we know what the Riders did against Calgary. It, it's almost like the Riders, and maybe that game's a bit of an outlier. Um, I don't think that was a true you know, test or, you know, display of what the Rough Riders are. And maybe it's My not a true God, display not. of what they are against Calgary. Who really knows? Um, but speaking of that defense and uh, losing Mo Leggett, they do get reinforcements in Jackson Jeffcoat. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a great start to the season on the defensive line, and he appears ready to go after missing the last six games. And if you want to, if you want to beat this Calgary team, you need to disrupt Bully of Mitchell, you need to get in his face, and and Jeff Coat can solidify that defensive line, and, and you know, get the push, the pushback on the offensive line, and get in the face of Bully of Mitchell, get pressure on him, get him moving around, and and make him make mistakes. And if if you get Bo on the run, and he's got to throw on the run against the secondary that Winnipeg has, uh, you could see a lot of mistakes, and, and you know, not necessarily picks, but just pass knocks out, pass knockdowns or or near picks, and, and it could. It could prove to be what wins Winnipeg this game is is being able to get to Bully by Mitchell and Jeff Coat could be a huge part of that. Some uh, more depth added to the Winnipeg offensive line as well, which is already probably the top one in the Canadian Football League. Jeff Gray was their first-round pick in 2017. He uh, tested some waters in the National Football League. Now he has signed with the Bombers just last week, and they have some more depth to that O-line. I am really interested to see 
what kind of game plan we see from Richie Hall and the Bomber defense. Because if you watch what Chris Jones did against um, the Stampeders last week, it's almost a foregone conclusion that Bo Levi Mitchell is not going to run. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. So <laughs> there were a lot of times that the Riders rushed three and there were nine guys in coverage. It is mm-hmm. really hard for your receivers to get open <laughs> when there are nine guys in coverage. But it, the craziest thing to me was when Saskatchewan did get in the backfield, Bo was so good at evading them and avoiding mm-hmm. the sacks. If he was willing to run... I, I just think he would be that much better. So I'm not sure what the Bombers are going to do here. Are they going to be blitzing Bo and forcing him to make those throws? Or are they going to do something similar to what Chris Jones did last week? I, I think they're going to end up doing something kind of similar to Jones. They've got the secondary that can play that cover that cover game. And you know, with only rushing through, that can get those covered sacks. Because you, know, you take away uh, Bo's options um that being said if you push too far up the field and get behind Bo Levi you're not really helping your cause because you're just leaving him wide open shots uh if he can get a guy open or you know and we've, we've seen Bo fit balls into holes where you know there should have been no there should have been no chance that his receiver caught that but he puts it where only his receiver can get it and if he gets the time and the space to do it, it, it there's no beating him so I mean, it, you got to be aggressive as a defense, but at the same time, you got to know when to be aggressive. So you don't want to push, uh, you know, in behind him and not be able to get there and just give him more time than than originally you thought you were giving him. As far as fantasy options go, Darvin Adams, Weston Dressler, and Matt Nichols, actually Andrew Harris does too. They all average double digit points against the Stampeders. Although the last time these two teams played, <laughs> Andrew Harris got nothing going yeah. on the ground. But I really respect Winnipeg's coaching staff. I I like Mike O'Shea, and I like Paul Lapolis, and I, I'm wondering if he's the next coordinator that's going to be getting a head, coach, head coaching position and actually get a fair shake because... <laughs> I don't think he got much of a fair shake when he got the job in Winnipeg a few years back. But he found out a way to run against the Riders, and the Riders figured out a way to run against the Stampeders last week. Andrew Harris might be able to have a big game here, and I think that's probably very key to Winnipeg's success here. And if the Riders are running on you, almost any team can run on you. Well, the Riders are sneaky good. Uh, with yes, the running game, but I mean, Trey. If I know Trey Mason didn't get a lot of those rushing yards, but I mean, Cameron Marshall hasn't played in a year, basically. Yeah, and he, and he was plugged right back in and did what he did. I mean, that offensive line for the Riders, it's been kind of patchwork, or you know, we've we've kind of thought it was patchwork, but these guys are starting to gel and they're starting to play really good. Um, and and Andrew Harris, I mean. We know that Winnipeg's offensive line is probably the best in the CFL, and they have arguably the best running back in the CFL. So I don't see why they wouldn't be able to run on this Calgary defense, other than the fact that Calgary's going to come in pissed off uh, after last week and try to make something happen. Uh, you know, Andrew Andrew Harris at fourteen point seven is only going to cost you just under seventy eight hundred bucks. So he's he's pretty cheap right now because we know what he can. We know the numbers he can put up. 
Does Winnipeg clinch a playoff spot or does Calgary clinch first? Winnipeg clinches playoff spot. <laughs> I don't know who to go with. <laughs> I, they're they're at home. Uh, I just I think I think. Uh, that the buy came at the wrong time, but I think they'll rebound from it. It might take them a quarter, and if they can just hold off or keep it close, and they'll have a really good shot at winning this football game. And that, and you know, I'm just kind of picking so that everything works out in the riders' favor this week, more or less. I think I'm going to go with the Stampeders <laughs> here. Uh, I don't feel good about it. <laughs> I think this might be the slugfest of the of the week. Well, no, BC Saskatchewan's going to be a punch-in-your-face game, too. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to go with Calgary. Uh, on to Saturday, Ottawa first in the East at 9-7. and seven. The Ticats, three-and-a-half-point favorites in this game, though. They're 500, 8-8, eight and, eight, and second in the East. So if Ottawa winches, wins this game, they clinch first in the East. Hamilton uh, just they, they got to keep pace, and then they have to hope for a Ottawa loss to Toronto. Mm next week too. Oh yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean Hamilton could try but it uh, kind of looks like Ottawa's in the driver's seat here. There is some help um returning from the injured list in Ottawa. I know linebackers Avery Williams are coming off the injured list and this is just the perfect time for the Red Blacks who actually have been okay when it comes to uh, injuries this season. There haven't been any real major injuries to this team. Um, all of their major offensive weapons, you can argue um, production-wise as far as Spencer and Ellingson goes, but they've been relatively healthy. And I know Kevin Brown is going to be coming back and a couple of special teamers too. I know they would like to get the Antoine Pruneau back. He's not quite ready for this game yet. But the Red Blacks are quite healthy, and I also I heard on the radio last week, uh, I think when I was heading to Calgary, that the non-hitting in practices this year actually has injuries in the CFL down, and I know it's hard to believe when you look at the receiving cores in Hamilton and Calgary, <laughs> but it uh, looks like maybe that has worked out as far as injury numbers. And if you're not getting beat up, you know, four days a week and only one day a week, that, that's huge. You're not going in with a nagging injury that you that you make worse uh, in a game situation. So I think that's big, uh, player safety-wise. Uh, you know, and, and we talked about it last year that, you know, it, it was kind of weird for it to happen halfway through the year, but it's had its intended effect so far. Whether or not this is going to continue, is it, we'll have to wait and see. But I, I, I like it uh, because it's keeping guys healthier and keeping, you know, lineups a little more healthy. Uh, the only thing I don't like is that you don't get kind of you, you can't get up to game speed and and you know do stuff like that as much because it's really hard to just stop and and not hit a guy. Uh, but it's had its intended effect, which is which is exactly what the league wanted. So Ottawa Red Blacks uh, heading into the donut box uh, where the Tie Cats don't mm, have the maple best. dip. <laughs> maple dip, eh? Is that maple your dip go-to? and a French vanilla. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Not even a question. I had five for breakfast the other day on Saturday. Five maple dip donuts? 
yeah, my boss brought in a dozen donut or two dozen donuts, and he brought in four maple. He brought like four maple dips, four Canadian maples, four chocolate dips, four Boston creams, and then the other box had like all the crappy like fritters and whatever honey crullers, which are shut up. You're putting that in the <laughs> crappy category. And uh, I so I'm I had the four maple offended. dips. I had the four maple dips before anybody got to the office. <laughs> So this was between like 6.40 and 7 a.m. And then we went out to the field. And on the way out, I stopped at that Tim Hortons for breakfast and grabbed a French vanilla because I needed more sugar, obviously, and a, <laughs> another maple dip donut. And then when we got back, there were still three chocolate dip donuts left. So I ate those, too, when I got back at the end of the day. How dare you put the crueler in that that crappy category, the sacred crueler? At least my box had donuts in it. What, a crueler's not a... Oh, you <laughs> jerk. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so the Ticats were able to limit William Powell last week, basically mm-hmm. until the final drives of the game. But R.J. Harris really had himself a game last week against Hamilton, and he seems to perform well against the Tiger Cats. Averaging 13.5 compared to his 8.1. Uh, on the season is, you know, he's almost doubling his output. And with options like William Powell, Deontay Spencer, Greg Ellingson, and Brad Sinopoli ahead of him, it's going to open things up for RJ Harris. And he becomes somewhat of a safety valve for Trevor to throw the ball to. And he, and he makes plays uh, if he can get down the field. So he's still a relatively cheap option uh, compared to the, the those other four guys in Ottawa. Uh, I mean, he's sitting at just over, just under forty three hundred dollars, and he's got the he's got the ability to put up big numbers in this league, and the rest of that receiving core helps with that because they draw so much attention. And of course, R.J. Harris has only had two games against the Ticats in his career: uh, one back in July, and then uh, the one um, just last week. One thing to note here: the Red Blacks have beaten the Ticats both times so far this season. So if they do it again, it would be three times in one year and that is that's tough to do mm-hmm. and, and you usually don't see you usually see you know that third matchup in the playoffs yeah yeah uh, so coming in i mean ottawa is gonna be playing to get that that first place and have that bye, which i mean could could really help especially with the injuries they have on defense more guys come back uh kind of pulses your team as a second kind of like a second trade deadline uh where you get guys that you you didn't have to give anything up for so that that could be a driving force behind Ottawa coming out and, and trying and trying their damnedest. I mean, they're going to try to win anyway, but I mean, it just puts a little more emphasis on it that they can clinch first and and next week can be their. I, I mean, you, I, well, I want to see the starters get time, but I mean, you can kind of you can kind of you know handle it with kid gloves a little bit and get guys out and make sure they're healthy going into the playoffs. So Brandon Banks is out for the rest of the season with a broken clavicle. Who is the next guy up for the Hamilton Tiger Cats? Now, Jeremiah Mazzoli, he seems to trust Luke Tasker in the red zone and on second down and things like that. I know they have chemistry. It's not Banks-Mazzoli chemistry, but Tasker-Mazzoli is a pretty good connection there as Mm -hmm. well. He averages 22 points against the Red Blacks. He might even get more looks in this one now that Brandon Banks is not playing. But there are some cheaper options to look at 
uh, on the Tiger Cats roster because, let's face it, Tasker and Mazzoli are getting quite expensive here. So Mike Jones might be an option. Um, he, he seems to be their big play guy. Um, if he can get loose deep, then, man, he, he makes things happen. Um, there is Terrell Sinkfield who just returned to the team and signed there a few weeks ago. He was a backup last week. Maybe he ends up getting involved more. And they also have the rookie, uh, Justin Buren, who had a number of catches. He had four or five catches last week. Um, he's he's from Simon Fraser University. Man, I feel old because he was born in 1995. But, hey, maybe maybe the rookie makes a, a bigger impact this week with Brandon Banks off the roster. Speaking of feeling old, the draft class that was just drafted in the NHL and is they're playing their rookie years, 2000. What? Yeah, that was the year. The draft year is 2000 now. So, yeah, we are getting old. Oh, man. So I didn't want to depress you, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Beer in last week, four catches, 45 yards. Not a TD, but I mean, still eight and a half points. Uh, he's going to get looks. Uh, Luke Tasser is obviously going to be the number one option, I think. And Alex Green out of the backfield doesn't put up, hasn't put up the numbers. Uh, you know, super small sample size against Ottawa. Only at 4.7, averages 14.6. Uh, Mike Jones, like I said, if he can get deep. I, I mean, the options are pretty good in Hamilton. Uh, you know, and they looked kind of bleak with with banks out and you figure that these guys would be able to get keyed in on and with Ottawa's injury problems on defense but with guys coming back and and with banks out it's really hard to set up everything without banks you can kind of key in on tasker and maybe be able to to shut him down a little bit and and you got to really hope for your other guys to to pick up the slack I I just I don't know I, I don't see a lot of good things for Hamilton right now with health with the way their health is going and the way Ottawa's health is going the other way it just doesn't look very good so when Banks didn't play against Calgary in September, Luke Tasker had six catches for 60 yards. And when he didn't play against BC in BC in that big overtime loss, Tasker had five catches for 77 yards. Well, Mike Jones had three for 138 and two touchdowns. So yeah. <laughs> if uh, if he can get loose for a big play, then uh, Mr. Jones, oh, there's a good song, might have Don't himself. do it. <laughs> Might have himself a nice game. Yeah, he he seems to kind of be the guy that stinks under the radar. Yeah, he does, Uh, 100%. I I don't know if that'll happen now. Uh, You know, teams will know that, and and teams will have that film. They'll they'll know that, you know, he is a viable option. I think that might open stuff up for Justin Beeren. And and at $2,500, it's a pretty easy easy guy to fit into your lineup. Who are you picking, man? I am taking Ottawa. Hamilton lost back-to-back to Saskatchewan earlier in the year. Uh, so, I, I mean, another back-to-back situation against the same team. I know I'm kind of nitpicking stats with that one because I think they played another back-to-back and they were able to split it. But uh, with the injury to Banks, the offense is going to be in a little tough. And Ottawa getting their guys back, like you said, uh, from injury will really bolster that, help bolster that defense. And, and Ottawa wants, wants that Eastern final, so I think they come out swinging. Whew, I really don't know who to take here. <laughs> this is a tough week, man. Uh, I found it pretty easy for me. So that being said, I'll go one and three. Yeah, exactly. If I remember to make my picks. It's funny because the, the 
coaching edge 100% goes to Ottawa. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a doubt there. Noel Thorpe and uh, Coach Campbell. Campbell. Uh, home field, Hamilton. Holy crap. The Puka. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going Hamilton. We're going to. I have a feeling we're going. Well, no, we'll have two. We'll have one game the same. But I think we're going to be. I don't know if we're going to have a game the same. I really don't know. Uh, before we get to the next game. Oh, wow. <laughs> before we do get to the next game, got to say thank you to Park Power. Yes, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta. They offer low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. How do you not like that? When 10% of your bill goes towards a local charity, you got to love that. And the beauty of being in Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your energy from. There's options there for you. And Park Power being a a smaller company, they have low overhead, so there are chances you're going to save yourself some cash if you switch. If you go on their website, parkpower.ca, they've got an energy savings calculator. So whoever you're with now, look at your bill, plug it in there, and they'll show you how much money you can save. It's really easy to switch to Park Power. Go to parkpower.ca. That is parkpower.ca. The next game is at New Mosaic Stadium. Wally Buono goes to Regina for maybe, maybe not 100%, but maybe his uh, final game in Regina. We start with uh, the Lions. They're 9-7, and seven, fourth in the West as the Riders are three and a half point favorites, they're eleven and six, second in the West. They're looking for their first twelve win season since two thousand and eight. Well, the Lions have actually won three in a row, including two on the road, where the Lions have had a lot of trouble um, over the last little, well, actually over the entire season until this little winning streak here because they were mm-hmm. winless on the road until these last two road wins. Yeah, and and I mean their their home success has been well documented uh the last couple of years. They have a, a huge advantage with with teams traveling out there. Uh that being said, they return the favor when they're on the road. Uh so this this three-game winning streak with the two games on the road has been huge. Uh you know, they they've they've clinched a spot. Uh, which you know, early on in the year looked bleak at best. It so did, nice even like see. a month ago. Yeah, it did not look good. Uh, a couple big wins, this three-game winning streak. They're starting to click. Uh, they added once Tyrell Sutton started running the ball. It seemed like a totally different team. Uh, they're they're they are hot right now, and not exactly a team you want to run into uh, if you're the Rough Riders. So uh, Solomon Elamimian is still out indefinitely. I wonder if they'll be able to get him in for the playoffs. Uh, Micah Awi is not expected to play in this one. He's expected to return next week against Calgary. Chris Rainey is questionable for the game. He's got an ankle issue, but Shakir Ryan took all the reps in uh, Tuesday's practice coming over from Hamilton, and Wally seems to be a big believer in him. I do want to mention this. Ed Hervey was asked about the difference between Edmonton and Vancouver, <laughs> and Hervey is not one to pull punches, man. No, come on. <laughs> he proved it once again. And I quote, 
Priority Priorities over here are so different. Let's win. And it's about the fans. We are not trying to be concert promoters out here. We want to win football games. He also <laughs> says that it's nice to punch his ticket to the playoffs on the heads of the Edmonton Eskimos, which uh, did happen last week. So <laughs> I almost want Edmonton to cross over and play BC in the Grey Cup. Oh. <laughs> I think I would wear my Louis Pisaglia shirt for that. Just How's everybody going to see it? It's going to be minus 15 and you're just going to wear a t-shirt? Nah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I I love me some Ed Hervey <laughs> interviews and <laughs> like I don't like I I get I get why he like, you know, he didn't leave Edmonton on the best of terms. No, of course he didn't. <laughs> and when he was there, him and Terry Jones were obviously best friends. <laughs> Why can't we be friends? <laughs> um, so coming out and, you know, throwing shade at the, at the Eskimos, I totally get. And I think it's hilarious. Like you said, Ed Hurry interviews are usually really good. Um, but, you know, they're, like, the business is winning football games. And I know they're not in seven. I know they've clinched a playoff spot, but where was that mentality earlier in the year? Before they had to start rattling off all these wins to to try to make up. Like, I know it's working out now, but it didn't look very good early in the year. So I mean, and it looked really good in Edmonton. So it just fits. It fits his his uh, his story that you know now now they're in the playoffs, and it was all because they beat Edmonton, and Edmonton's out now or four now. It just I don't know. It just it, it, the timing was good. I think is all it is. Like I mean, you ask him this question earlier in the year, and it, it's a totally different answer. He seems to be uh, getting some uh, attention from the media uh, after mm-hmm. chirping um, Jonathan Jennings, and now <laughs> yeah. throwing shade at the Eskimos. And that's why, tough to do. Why in wouldn't you want to play for this guy? <laughs> why? Why not? Absolutely. Um, speaking of the Eskimos, I know they're on bye this week. All the best to uh, Roman Reigns, who actually mm-hmm. is a WWE wrestler. He was the Universal Champion. Um, he spent some time with the Edmonton Eskimos once upon a time, and he actually uh, was diagnosed with leukemia. So he relinquished the Universal title again. And is, yeah, and is off to battle leukemia again. So all the best to. Uh, Roman Reigns, I know he can probably go kick leukemia's ass again. Um, Travis Lule in this one, I'm really interested to see what the Riders are going to do as far as their defensive game plan because while you know that Bo's not going to run, if you drop nine in coverage against Lule, he doesn't have a problem with running whether he should or not. Yeah, and and it makes you wince every time he takes off. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh, come on, slide, this, man, slide. This could, this could be the one, <laughs> right? I know, uh, but no, he, for for how many injuries he's had and how immobile you think he should be, he's still really mobile. Can move around in the pocket, uh, and if he has that opportunity to take off and and may not may not be a first down, but gets his team out of trouble a little bit, may gets a second and a short option. Uh, that's huge for that offense and, and you know his his fantasy numbers I mean 18.2 against Saskatchewan 16.8 uh, for his career as a starter uh, so he plays a little bit better against Saskatchewan uh, I mean that's it's not a bad value play this week he's not overly expensive 
and you know that he has the, the, the chance to put up numbers. Just you know, he doesn't put up a lot of rushing yards, uh, but that those rushing yards turn into more more opportunities uh, in the passing game because he keeps the ball moving down the field. Watching um, Brian Burnham and Devere Posey go against the Ryder defense is going to be fun. Uh, Posey had his coming out party last week against the Eskimos. We'll see if, I don't know if he'll be able to get a hat trick of touchdowns again, but uh, I know he's going to have some attention on him. I think the matchup to watch here is going to be Tyrell Sutton and the offensive line of BC against the Riders front seven because... Uh, I, I actually think that the weakness on the rider defense is to run at them. If mm-hmm. if there's only going to be rushing three or rushing four, run! <laughs> you outnumber them. And the way Tyrell Sutton runs, he likes getting hit, and he likes dishing out hits. I think it's going to be a slugfest in Regina, and it's going to be a battle on Saturday. And, and that's where the riders get into a lot of trouble. Uh, only rushing three, and they end up getting they they end up you know getting the holes are too big to start with but they get get past the runner and then they're they're past the line of scrimmage because there's nobody in front of them they're behind them and then they're they're back into pursuit so that that could be could be something that that Jones will have to adjust for knowing that Sutton uh you know will run a guy over uh having Sam Hurl or Cameron Judge in the middle not that comforting if you're a rider fan now how about uh, the Riders? Uh, the the draft pick Dakota Shepley that they ended up signing last week is now home in Ontario after the five day window expires. Uh, it's kind of really interesting here. Justin Dunk kind of put together an article on Three Down Nation to spell out what happens here. So this five day window is designed to allow teams to assess the player prior to potentially adding him to the active roster, practice squad, or terminating his draft rights. So when the time period has elapsed, a minimum contract offer has to be made in order to retain the player's rights. Those requirements were met. So it looks like Shepley probably going to take a shot at the NFL next year, and the Riders still have his rights. How about Ed Ganey on Twitter? And I quote, Regina is so boring. He's hard not to, wrong. No, I was going to say hard to disagree. Like, I mean, Humpty's at 2 a.m. on Albert Street. Look out. But, <laughs> I mean, other than, other than that. Um, what do you go for in Humpty's? Oh, meat lovers, pan scrambling. Yes, we agree. No cheese, though. Oh, we don't agree. So I'll give you my extra cheese, and I'll just smother mine in HP sauce. Oh, yes. Okay, so... The key here, though, is to ask for the real grated cheese instead of yeah. the cheese sauce. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Another question is why is why is melted cheese the temperature of molten lava for like a half hour after you pull it out of the microwave? I think it's the grease and the fat in there. It like I had scalloped potatoes last night. I burnt my tongue so bad, like I was almost in tears, but I kept eating because the potatoes were so good. <laughs> so there's another title for the podcast named after a food item. Weird. You got to love the pan scramblers. Um, so <laughs> I don't know about this game at all. Zach Caleros. Calaros. Sorry. He spelled it out for everybody. Zach Calaros. 
uh, averages 20 points in his career against the Lions. And last week, the the Ryder receivers had themselves nice games. Jordan Williams, Lambert, Kyron Moore, Shaq Evans. Hey, KD Cannon had himself a nice game uh, against the Stampeders as well. At this point, I don't know. Can, can you expect a repeat performance from the Ryder offensive line? I mean, almost, is it a wash, BC versus Calgary, when it, when you're comparing defensive lines? It's pretty close, I think. So you got Micah Johnson, Ja'Garrett Davis, Cordero Law in Calgary. You've got Davon Coleman, and you've got Odell Willis and Sean Lemon in BC. <laughs> so the, the Ryder offensive line has another test here. I have to assume that Cam Marshall is going to be playing another big part in the Ryder backfield, protecting Zach Caleros. And mm-hmm. I think... I know that Brandon Labatt does not prefer to play center. He likes to play at home at left guard. But it, it seems like him being the quarterback of that O-line has made a big difference. Veteran presence. He knows what's going on. Uh, he knows he knows the game so well. Uh you know, and he can he can call out those protections and what they need to do on that offensive line to help out his quarterback and, and just having him there. I know he doesn't prefer it, uh, but Chris Jones needs him to be there right now. It, and it, it, the way it worked last week, I, I don't see it changing. So uh, we'll see if those rider receivers can continue a nice performance they had. Uh, we'll see if Naaman Roosevelt gets back on the field to give uh, that rider receiving core a better uh, a veteran presence or a veteran presence because they really don't seem to have one at all. And it looks like Charleston Hughes will be playing in this game. Do you have a problem with that Brazilian tie? Is one game and half a game check enough? Um, I, I, it's it's so tough. Um, you know, I said last week that they must have figured they must have found something out or figured something out. Um, and that they were getting ahead of it. So I, I didn't expect them to play this week. Um, that being said, if that's the punishment, uh, it does it really fit the crime, so to speak? Um, you know, it, it kind of sets a precedent now, uh, not necessarily for the league, but for the riders as a team. So that that's one thing I'm worried about, that if this happens again, and, you know, it, it's only it only needs to be one game. Uh if if something happens in in the criminal case, it, it totally changes. If it's if it if it doesn't if there's no charges laid or anything like that, then I mean the one game was just a precautionary measure. Uh, something else comes out of the criminal case, then I mean maybe the league doesn't have to step in. Maybe they find the one game is is good enough and and the riders take care of business. Um, you know, he's human. He made mistakes. He's he's 34 years old. It's a mistake that you can't make. Uh, he knows better. We all know better. Um, I mean, I've had people in my family that have gotten impaired and, you know, they, they miss work for their court dates and they go through all that, but they still go back to work. So I, I wasn't expecting it this early, but I, it is what it is. Who are you taking to win? I'm taking the riders, uh, depending. So that, uh, there, there's a caveat to my pick on this game. Yeah, so if the if the Stamps win, you take the Lions? 
Yes. If the Stamps win, I'm taking the Lions. If the Bombers win, I'm taking the Riders. Because if if they can't clinch first, then or if they can't get if they can't catch Calgary, then I, I see a lot of uh, working on things. And maybe you know if Kalaros is struggling, they they they'll pull a quick hook on him and get Bridge in there or David Watford. So, but the I, Riders, I, even if Calgary wins, they need to win to clinch home playoff game. Yes, but I, I just. I, I don't know. It, if, if they can't catch Calgary, I just see a little bit of fire, a little bit of wind taken out of their sails. So the Riders need to lose by two or less to clinch home field. The Lions have to win by four or more to stay alive and or to have that season series with the Riders. Mm. Now, if the Lions win by three, then <laughs> it gets real complicated, man. And uh, it could be pretty wild as the Lions play Calgary next week at home. Huh. (laughs) This game could be all over the place. Huh. (laughs) I should have thought about this. Actually, I have thought about it, and this game makes me really nervous. You're going to pick a tie, aren't you? Hey, that'd be nice. Can I do that? Some there was a there was a. I saw that in uh, Montreal, expert, Toronto. <laughs> yeah, they picked a tie. <laughs> it uh, was close. Pick the Riders in this one. I'm not confident hmm. about it. I'm not confident well, about any other game so far either. Well, in in leading up to this recording, I had just straight out taken Saskatchewan. Um. And I'm probably going to be leaning that way anyway, regardless of what happens uh, in the Calgary-Winnipeg game. So, I mean, there is one game that we have matching. I don't know what's going to happen with the next one. Okay, let's go through it really quick. Uh, Toronto <laughs> is uh, in Montreal. It's a Sunday game. Um, the Argos are 4-12, and third in the East. The Owls are one-point favorites, actually. 3-13 and and fourth in the East. Ah, I guess one question. <laughs> Two questions. Okay. Will James Franklin beat Doug Flutie's rushing touchdown record? Yes. I would actually like to go back and watch Flutie's touchdowns because I have I have a hard time believing there were many one-yard plunges into the end zone. Uh, I know a guy that could probably find that out for us. All right. Yeah, get the average length of his rushing touchdowns. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll email Superfan Mike. All right, sweet. Good on the Argos for stopping by the kids' hospital, uh, Holland Bloorview. That was really cool to see them do mm-hmm. that. Uh, as for Montreal, uh, Mike Sherman fooled everyone when he had Pipkin taking some first-team reps at practice this week. I, I, I think it's going to be Madzell, but I think everybody was thrown for a bit of a loop there. And a shout-out to Woody Barron, defensive lineman for the Montreal Alouettes, who has actually written a children's book. Hey, hey, a book you can read. <laughs> you. <laughs> Just a Gobbler is what it's called. You know what? It looks like a really cool book. It's it's about the Virginia Tech Hokie. You know, the, the turkey mascot mm-hmm. that is excited about a talent show but loses confidence because he's focusing too much on what others may think instead of what he can actually offer. So there's a nice little message there, and I think it's cool we got a CFL player involved 
with a children's book. Um, I do like either running back. If you want him on your fantasy lineup, mm-hmm. stand back or uh, Brandon Burks. Who are you picking to win? Uh, I'm taking a nap <laughs> during this game, probably. But <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Probably Toronto just on the fact that, you know, Sherman's screwing around in practice for some reason and they're going to be a little <laughs> a little bit out of sorts there on the offensive side of the ball. Franklin's going to want to beat the record and if he gets the record, he's going to want to win. You don't want to get records and losing efforts. Uh, you know, Burks, Carter, Green, Armani Edwards, pretty still a pretty good offense. Uh, pretty good options for James Franklin to throw to and he's pretty mobile himself. So I'll take the I'll take the Argos. Toronto is winless on the road. I kind of want to take uh, Montreal here. You took them last week. Yeah, I did. Uh, you know, you could just take Toronto to cover, and then a tie is still a win. <laughs> you know what? Uh, whatever. Go Alouettes. <laughs> get go get your win, Johnny. Yeah. Let's. Uh, no, I. I tr- there's no way Toronto goes zero and nine on the road. Come on. Well, they well. They could beat Ottawa next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. All right, quickly go through your lineup, Brazilian tie. Uh, Tyrell Sutton, Brandon Burks, Luke Tasker, Devere Posey, Jordan Williams Lambert, uh, the Toronto Argonauts defense, and I'll give you one guess as to who my quarterback is this week. Caleros. It is at fifty five hundred and sixty three dollars. All right, here's... I have six hundred and seventy one left over. Whoa, you're going to change that. Uh, probably, yes. All right, I got Bo Levi Mitchell, Patrick Lavoie, Dexter McCluster. I'm really saving cash when it comes to my running backs. McCluster had himself uh, had himself eight points last week. I hope he gets more involved. And then my receivers are where I'm trying to make money. Eric Rogers, Darvin Adams, Brad Sinopoli, and guess what defense? The uh, Montreal Alouettes. BC Lions. Uh, um, your team is way more handsome than mine. <laughs> just, just just Patrick Lavoie on his own beats my entire roster. Is he the best looking guy in the CFL? Um Ellingson's no. up there. El Ellingson well oh, that hair though. Ryan Phillips yeah. used to be, but he retired. Remember Omar Morgan's eyes? Oh, oh. <laughs> this t- this took a turn. We are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Um, there is a section, there is a genre, so many talented podcasters in Alberta. How about putting it together? It's a look at Stephen Sondheim's body of work, show by show and song by song. Kyle Marshall is the host for that, and he uh, looks at uh, every song Sondheim song in depth, which is Wow, uh, that is that is pretty cool. This guy has uh, he has a Presidential Medal of Freedom. He has a gra- he has eight Grammy Awards. He has an Academy Award. So he is one of the best uh, musical composers of all time. Check out putting it together with Kyle Marshall. Uh, give us a rating, a review, a subscription on iTunes, and buy your ticket for Two and Out Live. Two and Out Live. That event bright. .ca on November 22nd, 3.30 in Edmonton at the CKUA building. Proceeds going to CFL fans fight cancer. Brazilian tie, you will be there, right? <laughs> uh, depends. Will there be Coca-Cola? Yes! Then you can pencil me in. That is on our rider. 
a case of Coke for Brazilian Thai. Oh, then what am I going to have when we get on stage? (laughs) Hope you grab your tickets and hope to see you in Edmonton for the Grey Cup. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.